for the Word of God. I fear we need to have a fear and an awe and a reverence for the Word of God. And we're going to be seeing some things here tonight. But I wanted to read verses 1 and 2 uh, in the message translation. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the, co- the committed. I love in the message, look what it says. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed. Come, the committed. Say that with me, the committed. The committed climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place. And he sat down and taught. Who did he teach? He taught the committed. And listen to what it says. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught. Who did he teach? Listen to what it says in the message. His climbing companions. And I read that in the message and I thought, boy, that is discipleship in a nutshell. He's taught. He brought those who were committed His climbing companions. How many of you know that this Christian life, this Christian walk, sometimes it feels like it's uphill at times where you feel like you're going uphill and, and, and you're getting challenged in areas of your life. But he taught those that were committed, those were his climbing companions. I want to be a climbing companion. We don't have to stay in the valley if we don't want to be in the valley. Amen. And he wants us to go up higher so that we can get to that quiet place. But when I started studying this in the Hebrew, uh, we're going to go into our lesson tonight. But there's something I wanted you to see. He, he, he knows our hearts. Amen. And when it says, when he saw the multitude, this is what some of the Hebrew concordances say. Is that he didn't see them as a group of people. He saw them as an embryo. He had called and destined in the mother's womb. When he comes into a church, he's not seeing a group. He's seeing the seed that he called blessed. He's seeing the seed that was produced by created son and daughter of the Most High God to come upon this earth and be a light in darkness. Your destiny was on the inside of you. It was that destiny Jesus was looking at the multitudes and he was seeing the destinies in each created being. And when Jesus spoke, he says, you know, when he's talking about being discipleship, he's talking about committed. I want to share something with you. He's talking to these and we're getting ready to get into Jesus gets, he starts talking about being blessed. Now we're getting to the night tonight where he starts talking to the committed about righteousness Right living. And Jesus is saying, I didn't create you from dirt. I didn't form you for you to do your own thing. I created, I created dirt to take you from dirt into glory to glorify me. And, and what's happening right here is that Matthew chapter 5, what he was teaching his disciples, that that is right there. We're getting ready to celebrate Independence Day. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the constitution of the, of the kingdom of God. He's saying, I've created you and formed you to walk according to the constitution that I created for you. And if you're taking notes, something very interesting that I want to get to here 
is that in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, he says that if you do not obey and follow my word, the constitution of the kingdom of God, it says there that you will be the least one in the kingdom of God. The least one. Oh my God. I don't want to be the least one in the kingdom of God, but it's right there in the Bible. It's right there in the Bible that there's going to be different levels in heaven. And the way we're going to be graded is according to how committed we were to keeping the word of God. As we start getting into more of this in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus starts saying, wait a minute. You want to talk about the word? I am the word. And I haven't, I haven't come to preach my own message. Moses had to be real easy with you and tell you it was all right to divorce your wife. I come to tell you that even if you look upon a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. He says the prophets were easy on you. I've come to give you the line of the commission and the word of God. And I was thinking, I don't know if you've seen that commercial, but I know you've heard of the poverty level. How many have ever heard of the poverty level? And maybe you saw that commercial on TV where it shows different age groups holding onto that pipe and some are letting go and they're falling because that's the poverty line. And so many are below the poverty line. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Matthew chapter 5 is the dividing line between those who will go on and those who will go back. Because I've taken you from dirt to turn you into glory. I've taken you out of darkness to walk into the marvelous light that I've, I've put you into. And when we start studying this Word of God, this is deep. And Jesus, Jesus, how many of you know Jesus is not playing here? He's speaking, he's speaking as a sword right now. Because he's saying that if you don't do the least of the commandments, you'll be the least of the one in heaven. Now, I don't want to go around with a dunce hat in heaven. I had enough of that in school. I don't want to be sitting in a corner in heaven. I want to put my nose against the blackboard in heaven. I did that enough in school. I, I want to learn now and I want to climb higher because that's the dividing line right now. So we see here that it's, uh, it's the dividing line. It's the constitution of heaven. And look at verse 13 and 16 in the message translation. It says, let me tell you why you are, you are here. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors on this earth. This is the message translation. So many people, why am I here? You are to be God flavors here on this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you lost your use, unuseful, if you lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out God colors. And how many know we studied the colors last week? You are here to bring out God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept, but we're going public with this. We're going public with this. And the reason I wanted to start off with the scripture we left off with last week, because Jesus now starts teaching the rules of righteousness, and he starts saying, if you're not any better than the Pharisees and the Sadducees, then you're not fit for the kingdom of God. That the world will never taste of me is all they taste of with you is tradition and religion. I'm looking at doing something so real within my people that when they speak with you, they feel like they're speaking with me. When they, when they sup with you, they feel like they're supping with me. When they, when, when they get around you, they can't help but feel that there is something about you 
that they can tell you have been in the presence of God. And that's what Jesus is preaching here in Matthew 5. He says, before we go into the other chapters, let, let me tell you, this is the law of the kingdom. This is the constitution of the kingdom of God. I mean, that's strong. Amen. Amen. Jesus came. And it's like, you know, you see these movies and you hear kids say this. This is, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Well, Jesus came and he says, this is who you are. But Matthew 5, 6 and 7 is who I want you to be. This is who you are. But this is who I want you to be. I want to challenge you. I want you to climb up higher. And I want you to come to a place where, where I can cause you to be my apprentices. My disciples. The one, my committed ones. The one I call to, to come to me and receive of all the word that I have for you. Because how many of the Lord has so much for us. And he didn't only design our body, but he designed how we're to live. You go into Genesis, and my wife and I were talking that we're going back to Genesis every day. And you go back to Genesis, and God just didn't design and form and create man. There was a reason he said, you can eat of all the trees, but the tree of knowledge. He's saying, because I want to teach you from the beginning. I might have created you. I might have breathed life in you. I might have made you. But I didn't create you to live for yourself. I created you to live according to by what I say. And how I say to live. You haven't been made to live according to your own rules. You've been made to live according to my rules. So I'm going to make one rule and see if you can complete one rule. I made you to have dominion. I made you to be a blessing. But I'm going to give you one rule to see if you can follow. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm going to make one rule. And if you break that rule, you're going to die. That's the dividing line. You break that rule, you're going to die. And the man that God made and God formed and God designed couldn't keep that one rule. But Jesus came to give us grace and open the door for us to be able to walk in that power, to walk closely with Him and come to know Him. And the level of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the level of typical religion and just getting by, He's looking for much more than that. I know God is looking for much more than that because, you know what, America is like it is right now. Because for 50 years, for over 50 years, 47 years to be exact, the church quit speaking righteousness. The church quit sounding the alarm. The, the church took a break and the enemy took over. But now our country's coming to another point where we've got to stand up and we've got to say no to the things of the world and we've got to say yes to the things of God and we've got to say, devil... I'm not bowing to any of your things. Je Jesus said that if... He, the Old Testament said that if, if, I, if I murder somebody, it's a sin. Jesus says if I hate somebody, I'm already guilty of murder. He says, I'm going to take what the prophets say and I'm going to bring it down to where you're now under the New Testament. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost. But under the New Testament, I'm going to let you know you're not going to get off easy as they got off easy in the Old Covenant. I've got a dividing line here because I want you to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and not the least, but it depends on how we live out according to the word of God. And this is even in the Greek speaks about Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It says it will tell us whether we are either qualified or disqualified to go into the deeper things of God. And that's why we have been studying this verse by verse because we, we are not going to be disqualified. No matter what we're going through, we're going to better sing. It's going to be worth it. Amen. It's going to be worth it. For me, Paul said, I, I want this mystery. I want to know Christ and Him crucified. So we want to see here 
that we were that he is telling us in these verses, you were made for me. Dust was made for glory. I want you to get out of the dirt. And I want you to get out of the darkness. And I want you to get into the light. And you know, something I want to, I want to share with you. You know, it, we all go through different phases. And you know, we, many of you are parents. And I know y'all got five kids, Stoney and his wife. And uh, we've all had kids where you get them ready for Sunday school. And you think they're all beautiful. They're all perfect. And they're all ready. And they, and they find a mud hole. Or they decide to go play with a dog. And it's, and it's shedding time. And they get all that hair all over them. And you got them all ready for church. And you see the dog licking their face. And you got them all pretty because you want to bring them to church for everybody to hug and kiss and hold and say, Oh, that baby's so beautiful. And now you're already five, ten minutes late. And they're playing with the dog. And you go, What am I going to do? Get out. What do we tell our kids? Get out of that dirt. Get out of that mud. Leave that dog alone. It's like when I was a kid, I remember one of the stories that I heard when I got saved in, in, in a Baptist church down by Jennings, Louisiana. Uh, they were telling a story about a dad and his son who were walking in, uh, next to a trash pile. And there were, there were some apple trees out in a, a field. So his dad went out to get some apple trees. And when he gets some apples and when he turned around, his little boy was playing with a dog full of mange. And he started hollering. He started saying, son, get away from that dog. Run away from that dog. Get away from that dog. That dog's sick. And that boy looked at his dad and started crying. He says, but daddy, look how good he wags his tail. <laughs> and his daddy says, yeah, but son, that dog's got the mange. But daddy, look at him wag his tail. So the dad loaded up the old mangy dog, put him back in the car, took him home, got some medicine, started get, putting that medicine on him and let his new coat grow out and ended up being a perfect dog. And that's how, that's how we were. And I believe the Holy Spirit through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is saying, my child... Who I knew from the womb, not a multitude of people, but an individual that I'm even, I even know how many hairs on your head. I was thinking today, a sparrow doesn't fall that he doesn't know about it. And I started thinking, oh my God, when I was a teenager walking around the railroad tracks in Ville Platte, Louisiana, boy, he was counting a lot of birds because, boy, we used to, we, we didn't know what limit were. I don't even know they had limits back then. But, but he, he, he knows every sparrow or every bird that falls from the nest. How much more does he know what we need? He knows where we are. You know what he's saying? Child, get out of the dirt. I didn't create dirt to be dirt. I created dirt to be for my glory. Amen. And so many times people get a habit of saying, well, we're just dirt. No, you are a glorious creation created in the image of God so that the world can taste of his godliness and see the many colored God and all that he is. Amen. So he wants to get us out of that. John Wesley wrote on the Sermon on the Mount, The Son of God who came from heaven is here, showing us the way to heaven, to the place which he has prepared for us, the glory he had from before the world began. He is teaching the true way of life everlasting, the royal way which leads to the kingdom and the only true way. For there is none beside, and all other paths lead to destruction. From the character of the speaker, we are assured that he has declared the perfect will of God, the character of the speaker. And how many you know Jesus was speaking here? And, and, and I just want us to get a revelation that whenever we're reading the Word of God, I, I want you just to believe in your heart, this is God speaking directly to me, in me. And how many of you know that when Jesus spoke, demons 
Demons shuddered. They, 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 just, they, 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 just, uh, they just trembled at the voice of God. The mountains trembled at the voice of God. And I believe that there is there's coming such a, a work of righteousness in our lives that we're living a life of righteousness that we're going to read the Word of God and it's going to become such a part of us that we're going to speak the Word of God and we're going to see the same results that Jesus saw when He spoke. When He spoke, things shifted, devils trembled, and powers lost their foothold. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we see here, he says, let your light shine before men that men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Say good works. Good works. Say glorify, glorify. Your, father your Father in heaven. In heaven. Now listen, I decree tonight that you here tonight, is you, you are going to mess up this region. I had, a, I had an ex-preacher talking to me in the funeral home this afternoon. And this ex-preacher has not stepped into church for 15 years because of typical stupidity of churches. Well, we don't want a bus ministry. So we'll get rid of the bus and we'll get rid of you. And all these different things and being hurt and being wounded. And it's because we haven't got a hold enough to see that God is calling us to walk in the area of righteousness and to be like Christ is more important then committees are fulfilling the, the, the agenda of a church or the agenda of a group of people. It's not about committees and agenda. It's about having the life of Christ on the inside of us. But there's a price for that. And I'm believing God that God is... And I got to minister to this man. He told me, he says, I'm going to be going to your church soon. He says, I have not been in church for 15 years. I'm believing that every one of you is going to rock and roll the worlds of people who have quit church, have given up on church. There's people here in this church that have not been in church for 24 years and started coming back to church. People hadn't gone to church for 12 years because they just got tired of putting up with Pharisee and Sadducee tradition. And they're hungry for the power of the Word of God and seeing, but seeing the real thing. Because what Jesus starts teaching here, you can do all the outward things, but if it's not really on the inside, you're no different than the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and you will not do any more than they did. And you know what happened with them? They did not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, now Jesus is speaking some, some tough words right here. He's not saying, oh, you're so great. You're doing so good. He's saying, no, this is the line. You either crawl above it or you stay below it. And then you'll reap, you'll reap the, the circumstances of how you live it. He's looking for genuine, to be genuine and real and true. And you know what? It's not even about a multitude. It's not about the size of a, the, the church, any church, this church or any church. It's not about how many may be present, how many may not be present. You know what? If they're not all genuine, it's not all what He desires to be among Come on, He wants us to be real. He wants us to be genuine. He wants us to be true. And there's area in my life, area in your life that's not real, not right. I want to get it right. Because you know what? I have a bunch of people all the time. They know, they know what to tell me. There's people who know what to tell their pastors to make them feel good, to just get by. And er, er, We all know what to say. But the truth is, who are we? I want to shine for the glory of God, and I know you do too. So I want to read these scriptures to you quickly. In Ephesians 2, you don't have to look them up, but Ephesians, write them down. Ephesians 2, 9 through 10. For we are His workmanship. Come on, church. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He already prepared them. Titus chapter 2 verses 6 through 8. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing themselves to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and being incorruptible. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That one who is appointed may be ashamed, having not evil to say of them. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we, he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. You know what I hear Christ is saying? Get out of the dirt. Get out of the dirt. 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. Behold, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know what? You know what's going to, you know what's going to bring revival? Not the best preachers the best living before the lost. Because they have heard the best preachers and everybody's got the best libraries. We've got the best tapes. We've got the best CDs. But what America needs is the best living. The right living. That they may by your works, whether they believe you or not, but by the life you lead, say, you know what? I can't believe they got something different than I do. That the Muslims will say, they've got something different than I do. The Buddhists will say, they have something. I was raised and I believe what I believe, but my life is nothing compared to their life. So that's about glorifying God in these last days. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Let me go ahead and read to you what we're supposed to read tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He starts switching into the law of righteousness and he starts preaching here. He says, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called the great in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Verse 20 says, but I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious laws and the Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Now I want to share with you his total commitment to do the Father's will. Now, Jesus spoke, spoke 66 references from just when he was on this earth in the three and a half years, what's written here in the Word of God. He spoke 66 scriptures out of the first five books of the Bible. How many of you know Jesus knew the Word of God? He spoke 66 references out of the first five books. He spoke 40 references from the book of Isaiah. He spoke 36 references from the book of Psalms. And he, he spoke 22 references from the book of Daniel. In Luke chapter 24, 27, on the road of Emmaus, he expounded in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, beginning with Moses. How many know he was a meditator, like in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, he, uh, verses 3 and 4, he was a meditator of the word of God. And he says, assured I say unto you, 
And what this was right here, and I want you to write this down. When he said, assuredly, I say to you, this in the Hebrew was words they used in their prayer. He spoke just like he prayed, and he prayed just like he spoke. And I'm believing there is going to be a different sound arising out of the body of Christ that we are going to speak like we pray, and we're going to pray like we speak. It's not going to sound like two different sounds. It's going to be the same impacting message. And he was saying, assuredly, I say to you. Oh, that's how he would pray when he would bind the devils. I assuredly cast you out by the Spirit, by the Spirit of the living God. He would pray this sickness and disease to go assuredly. He was committed. He knew the Word of God. But he knew, assuredly, I say unto you, in other words, the Word of God will never pass away. I shared with you about these references that nothing will pass away. I want to show you something here. Right here on both sides of this pullout is a hundred fulfilled prophecies from the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament. A hundred Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in the New Testament. A hundred. But let me tell you something. There is 330 prophecies that were fulfilled in the life of Christ. That means there's 230 more than what you see right here. Not one thing did not come to pass. And he's saying, I'm wanting you to be such students and scholars and to study self-approved, rightly discerning the word of truth of my word. I want you to study and meditate upon my word to such a point that you know that just as all the prophecies concerning my son came to pass, all the word and the prophecies concerning you, my creation, is going to come to pass too. That's why Paul told Timothy, war a good warfare with the words concerning you. And sometimes, listen, church, it's not just a matter of coming to church. Listen, we've got to take the Word of God and we've got to war with it. When I fought for the life of my child who was autistic and was told would be in a wheelchair and there was no life, we had a war with the Word of God over that child. And when my wife would be rushed to the hospital, especially when I was going on trips with liver problems, I had to get up and I had a war. I couldn't just say a little prayer. In fact, she told me to stop praying if I couldn't make the devil leave her. And when I finally did, the devil left her. But we got to stay in the Word of God and know that there's not, no part of the Word of God that is going to fail us. That if we stand upon the Word of God, it is going to have to come to pass. But we are going to have to war with the Word. Any type of confusion, any type of works, you got to get in there and you got to war with the Word of God. You, tell, you have to take that two-edged sword and say, I'm telling you the truth. Just like the 330 prophecies of Jesus came to pass, all the hundreds of prophecies concerning me about divine health are coming to pass in my body. I live in divine health 365 days of the year, and I will not receive any form of sickness, disease in my body. And this attack in my body, I call it a lie to the depths of hell. And I surely tell you, devil, right now, in the name of Jesus, I will not submit to allergy. I will not submit to sinuses. I will not submit to eyes with problems with my eyes. I will not submit to problems with my bones. I will not submit to any type of form of sickness, disease in my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you think you can just come into my body and cause me to accept what you're trying to tell me I have, I say you are a lie in the name of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I am the healed of the Lord. He sent His Word and He healed me. The Lord is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. And you've got to take a hold of those promises and you've got to war. And the promises, even in Matthew 
Matthew 8, 16, where it talks about the Lord, by His stripes you were healed. In 1 Peter 2, 24, by His stripes you were healed. you got to take those promises and you got to war with them. And you got to believe God that even when the devil's hitting your finances, the Lord supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And every promise concerning my need, over the 7,000 promises that are in the Word of God, I decree tonight, all 7,000 promises of God shall come to pass in my life and the life of my children. Because just like they were completed in the life of Christ, I am now in Christ Jesus that the promises of the good works shall be accomplished, accomplished in my life also. In Jesus' name, Amen. I have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed within me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You take that word and you war with it. And you war with it. Because in God's eyes, you're no different than His Son Christ. You're as much as a son and a daughter as Christ was. And if He made sure it stood behind His word that every word about Christ would come to pass, I want you to believe tonight that you are not an average Christian. You are a mountain climber with Christ Jesus. And I want you to believe tonight that you're going to take a hold of the promises and you're going to see every promise of God fulfilled towards you, towards your house, towards your finances, towards your job, towards your health, towards your peace, whatever area you're battling in. I want you to believe right now in Jesus' name that every promise concerning my life is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. And that settles it. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Give the Lord praise for that. He said that not one part of his word is going to pass away. He says the heavens and the earth would have to pass away before my word does. Why? It's the same word that created the heavens and the earth that created the word that spoke it to existence. And what he spoke is going to come to pass. It's surely going to come to pass. Amen, child of God. It's going to come to pass in your life. Don't give in to discouragement. Don't give in. That doesn't look like anything's changing. It has to change. But we've got to walk the walk of righteousness. Just a minute, brother Chris. Just, just a minute. I'll call in just a minute. Okay, bro. We've got to walk the walk of righteousness. He's saying, I'm telling you now, don't misunderstand. I've come to fulfill every dot, jot, which is the smallest letter, every tittle, every dot over every I. Jesus is saying, I've come to tell you, I have come to give you the word and to give you truth. But in verse 19, this is what he's saying about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is what he's saying. But don't get professional on me. Don't get professional on me. Don't rely on the books about this is how the church needs to grow. This has to be done. You rely on the Holy Ghost as they did in Acts chapter 13 when the Holy Ghost was in charge of His church. The Holy Ghost is in charge of His church. He will pay the bills and He will build His church. I bet I've got 25 books that have been sent to me how to build a church. And I read them and I pull out some good stuff and all that. But I hear Jesus saying, don't get professional on me. Don't get professional on me to where you got it all figured out and you got it all underlined and you got every note. I want you to stay as a child because such is the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me tonight, church? Man, I feel this is, this is important. He's saying, I'm dividing the line of how to grow into the things of the kingdom of God, but don't 
get professional on me. Don't get that, well, this is the tradition and this is the way we have to do it. Well, this is the way it always has to be done. Stay opened. Stay open for change. Amen. Don't, don't go in and saying, well, you know, pastor, this is the way we did it in the last church. Well, that, that's church. This is another church. I mean, how many of you are going, going to, how many of you go into a new marriage and you go up to your wife and you say, well, this is how my ex-wife did it and this is how I want you to do it. I dare you. I dare you to get remarried if you can get me remarried and go up and you tell her on your honeymoon night and, and she, she, uh, she washes her makeup off and you say, my, my ex-wife didn't wash her makeup off and I don't want you to wash yours off either. I don't want to wake up and be scared in the morning. See if that will work. You'll be going through another divorce. Well, if you live. Yeah, if you live. He's saying, don't be... You want to talk about the law and the letter and the prophets? I fulfilled. I've come to fulfill all that, but even to make it greater. Don't get stuck that this is the way we've always done it. This is the way I've always done it. I believe God wants... I believe in these coming days, we're going to be hearing God speak new things to us every day. Don't be surprised that you get here on a Sunday morning and we're going to be doing something totally different. A Sunday night, a Wednesday night. I may put up a sign and say, no church on Sunday. We'll be here next Saturday. Just to change things. You never know. You just never know. Holy Spirit knows. But He's saying... Don't get caught up that this is the way it is. That's what I've always shared with the worship team. You come with your list. But that doesn't mean those are the songs you're going to sing. The Holy Ghost all of a sudden causes you to start flowing. Don't stop because you got those lists. And I even tell them, I say, now, I may request a song because of a message I'm going to preach. But listen, the Holy Ghost leads you in a certain way. Don't sing that song because I told you to sing that song. You are accountable to the Holy Spirit, not to me. Holy Ghost don't want you to sing that song. Don't sing that song. Let's go with the Holy Ghost. Because the truth is, if he's changing your song, he's probably changing my message. Let's just forget the notes and let's just flow with the Holy Ghost. Because he knows what somebody needs to hear. And so I believe that this coming revival that I believe has already started in certain parts and is growing... I believe it's just going to blow our mind. And we're going to be to the point prepared like I'm going to be a mountain climber with Jesus. I'm going to be discipled by Christ. And I'm not going to be professional or traditional or religious in this area. I'm not going to be like the Pharisees and Sadducees. I'm not going to listen. You know what he was saying too? You can read about in the book of Luke. He says, don't be so professional and traditionalist that you get up and beat your chest and thank God you're not like somebody else. Don't you be judging another brother or another sister for, for, for anything that you may see that don't fit within the mold that you were raised seeing. Don't you judge them. You love them and you praise God for them. But don't you be, don't you get caught in that tradition where I'm going to judge my brother and my sister for this area or that area. No, they're mine. Don't you touch them. They're the apple of my eye. Don't you touch them. Because that Pharisee and Sadducee, they were always looking around who they can build themselves, their insecurities up. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Your robes, your title, your position won't mean nothing in heaven. In fact, you're not even going to heaven. 
That's what Jesus was telling them. And there were some of them sitting right there when He was telling them. And they were there with their robes and their big hats and all their stuff, you know, and walking around. And He says, you know what? You're not even going to heaven. Take those off. Wrap yourself in a towel. And wash, wash these Gentiles' feet. And you will be revealing to my people the kingdom of God. Spend time with the lowly. And go eat at their houses. Not just the ones that have the good mules and the good food. And you'll enter into the kingdom of God. I've created you for good works. Good works. And all this righteousness that is working in our lives and what Christ is building in us is so that we can be open and we can be free to touch and to love no matter who they are and where they came from. And to bless them and be there for the hurting and the needy. Amen. Amen. Makes sense, doesn't it? And he says, whoever teaches... He talks there about, if you have a desire to communicate, you better have a passion to teach. Speaks about the scribes, all outward and no inward. Later on, you can read, I'm already late. You can read Romans chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. Paul preaches the same thing about the scribes and Pharisees. And no outward life because there's no inward life. Luke 18, 11 through 12 talks about religious pride. This is what Paul says in Philippians 3, 7 through 12, and I'll finish here. What things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. But I indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteous which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being confirmed to His death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained for I, for, or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. What did He take me from? What did He take me for? What did He take me from? And what is he taking me for? Let's stand up, please.